Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. I've got the one and only True Blue Sporting Podcast here. Hayden, how are we? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. And ready to go. Absolutely ready to go in this one. It is going to be an unreal little review here. It was a really good round of footy. Um, Just before we get started, anything you'd like to say on the round? Look, you know, Easter footy is always good footy. Um, and you know the round finished with what good judges in rugby league are saying—the ambush of the century out at um, Combank Stadium—and we'll get into that later. But you know it was a great round of footy, so yeah, unreal round of footy, and can't wait to dive into it with you here. Um, we'll go through our teams of the week. Since you're the guest, I'll let you go first. What is your team of the week for last week's round of football? Yeah, I had Caelan Ponger at the back. I thought he was very, very good in a beaten side. Um, North Luma on the wing with his two tries. Valentine Holmes for North Queensland. He's starting to become one of the um, premier centres in this game. And the strike centre's starting to come back, which I enjoy. Um, Justin Olam as well against Cronulla. Uh, yeah, was um, sensational. Taylor May, he's just going from strength to strength um, in his rookie year. Cameron Munster was probably the best performance of the week for mine. He just proves that he gets better and better. Jackson Hastings, the match winner yesterday, um, really controlled the ship, allowed everyone in that team to shine and um, took the moment when it came. So that's what the halfback has to do. Uh, Fanua Blake was um, led from the front for the Warriors. Um, Damian Cook, the best, uh, the second best performance behind Cameron Munster. He's really returning to that form, which we've seen from him. And Fisher Harris is um, a sensational front rower um, in this competition and is pretty much in the team of the week every week for me. He's, he's fantastic. Leilua as well. Um, didn't probably have as many touches as he could have, but when he did get the ball, he's very damaging on that edge and um, defensively as well, which is the biggest issue for uh, Luciano. Uh, Olakuatu was fantastic as well. He's really developing um, nicely. And then Cameron Murray to top it off was also fantastic. So I don't have the full 17. I've just got the 1-13. to Yeah, pretty good 1-13 there as well. And I can't really argue with anyone in that list. For me, I've got Ryan Pappenhausen out the back. I thought Ryan Pappenhausen for the Storm was really good, really damaging. Although I do have Callan Ponga uh, in another list here, who I thought was just sensational as well. KP was pretty good for the Knights as well. And in a side that ended up losing that game, he definitely stuck in the fight, KP. But Ryan Pappenhausen, I just thought out the back for the Storm, um, he contributed really well in that game. Uh, on the wings, I've got Alex Johnson, and Alex Johnson obviously scoring uh, two tries in that game as well. I thought he was quite good for South Sydney. And Ronaldo Molotalo for uh, for the Cronulla Sharks, I thought, on the wing there for the Sharks was really good. 240 metres, he was just damaging there on the wing and great touches when he did get the ball as well. Um, Talon May, I had to shove him into the centres. I couldn't really fit him on the wing there, but Talon May is definitely in the side for me. Uh, as you said, his rookie year is fantastic, and I honestly can't wait to see what he can do for the rest of the season. Hopefully he gets to keep that wing spot as well. Um, I would love to see him there for one whole year. Uh, COC for Talakai for Cronulla as well. I thought he was great for Cronulla. Uh, he had some great touches, great tackles, um, and yeah, damaging whenever he got the ball. Munster is in my number six as well. I think that Munster was fantastic for the Melbourne Storm. We talked a lot about him. Ben Hunt, I've got in number seven for the St. George Lawara Dragons. He was unbelievable against the Newcastle Knights on the weekend. And I struggled not to put him in this side. He was fantastic. So I've got him there at number seven. Adam Fanua Blake, we talked about him before as well. My front row is pretty much exactly the same as yours. Fanua Blake and Fisher Harris. I thought that both of those guys 
were really good on the weekend. Damien Cook at hooker. Couldn't really pick anyone else. Three tries uh, and a lot of meters, a lot of tackles as well. Damien Cook was really damaging. Support play was just first class from Damien Cook there. Uh, Hamole Olakawatu from Manly, I thought was really good. And he had some great touches and also a try as well. It was denied in the first. It was denied the first one. Got the second one down there. Uh, Scott Sirenson for Penrith, I thought was really good in the back row as well. So I chucked him in there. Uh, I've got Tino for Sulamala Aoi at lock. Hastings, I've got Jackson Hastings there, the game winner. Uh, Nathan Cleary, I thought was good for Penrith as well. And when is he not good for Penrith? Um, Isaiah Yo, the meter reader, um, he's the veteran for his side. And then Keenan Pasilia as well, my number seventeen. Um, but there's a lot of guys here that I didn't name as well who had really good games. White and Tedesco, Liam Martin, Collins, Suwali, I thought had some really good touches in that game. Uh, Jason Taumalolo, Tom Starling, Nico Hines, Drinkwater, Dylan Walker, Reese Walsh, Sean Johnson, and pretty much the entire Eel Spine as well, I thought competed well. But obviously they did lose that game. And uh, But yeah, there's a lot of guys we could have put in there. Very hard to pick the team of the week this week, but I think we've both got pretty decent teams of the week there. Um, we'll move on to the first game of the round. The Raiders v. the Cowboys. It was 12-18. to 18. The Cowboys ended up getting the win there. Second half, they came back, the Cowboys, and they really did a good job on the Raiders. But I, I feel like the people have heard enough of me talking now. We'll get your opinion, Hayden, on this game. Yeah, I spoke to you last week, Les, about the Raiders. And um, I said I had concerns about them. Um, and they've sort of fallen back in their old ways. You know, 12-0 in front at half time should have been more. Um, realistically with the amount of ball and um, in good field position that they had. Um, yet they still, you know, faded. And, you know, they, they haven't got the nickname the Canberra Faders for no reason because they get into positions to win games, but unfortunately they just can't go on with it. So two things I've got from this game is that Cam- Canberra, I think if they put it together, potentially they can do something because they have the players to do it, but I don't think they have the mental fortitude to go when the going gets tough because they haven't done it for a few years now since 2019. And I'm starting to think maybe the Cowboys are the, are the real deal a tiny bit because 12 nil down at half time. previous years the, the Cowboys wouldn't have done that. If you, said, if you told me that Cowboys side last year on the road, 12 nil down at halftime will come back and win the game, I'd laugh at you. But now with the likes of Townsend, Holmes is playing his best footy, drink water out the back, and they're young youngsters who needed to contribute for them to go well are contributing. You know, Lukey had a try on the weekend. Nanai is playing. He's um, he he got a one too, and he's playing some great footy. Um, and Jason Tamalolo is returning to that best which we've seen. You know, two hundred and fifty five run meters on the weekend. You know, he's probably unlucky to miss team of the week, but you know, returning to that form. You know, that was a big question mark with them. Can their leaders stand up and can they get contributions from their rookies? Well, six weeks into the competition, their leaders are standing up and their rookies are contributing. Yeah, for sure. I think Scott Drinkwater as well was unreal on the weekend out the back. He was... Uh, I had him in one of the one of the mentions as well, and he was uh, again unlucky to make the team of the week as well because there was just some other stellar performances out the back there. Um, but Scott Drinkwater, he was fantastic and... Yeah, whenever he got the ball, he basically helped the Cowboys side get the win there. Um, he set up a lot of the tries, was in almost everything. Tamalolo, again, we talk about the old guys coming in and having an impact. He's back to his old self, Tamalolo, with 255 run metres. Um, that's, that's a stat we haven't seen from him in a long time, and I'm very happy that we've seen it 
from him in this one. Also for the Raiders, I thought Tom Starling. Jeez, him and Jack Whiten. <laughs> that first half was all them pretty much. Tom Starling, beautiful service out of dummy half. A lot of run meters, 50 tackles for him on the weekend. Um, they were pretty much on the go forward, the Raiders, and I couldn't see them winning the game. I thought it was going to be 0 from 1. I tipped the Cowboys as a little underdog bet to start off the week, and I got it right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, I was not expecting the Raiders to lose that game, especially when the position they were at halftime, and especially just since the way that Jack White and Tom Starling, all these guys were playing well. And they were playing well mostly in the second half as well, but it was just that the Cowboys had come out in that second half. I don't know what happened. On the road and got the win. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Because um, the Raiders put themselves in a position to win the game. And, and look, it's it's a good lesson for um, Brad Schneider to learn. It's a really good lesson. To be in a position where you should win the game and to not get the job done. People will obviously look at the result. But the way that he plays and the way that he has started the season, he seems like the type of person to go back and really study the game. So I, I think it's a good lesson to learn. And obviously, Canberra have learnt it along the way many, many times. But this is his first time that he's been in that position, leading and um, trying to get them home. Um, and he didn't, unfortunately, he didn't get it done. But you'll be able to go, look at what you did wrong, look at what you did right. And then when you get in that position again, it will only improve his footy. Because I'm a really big fan of Brad Schneider. And it's going to be a tough decision when Jamal Fogarty comes back, where, like, what's going to happen with Schneider. Because he, although, yes, they brought in Fogarty over from the Titans to be their half that suits Jack Whiten, but doesn't Schneider suit Whiten's game? So I'd argue well. better. I would argue better than, than Jamal Fogarty. And we've only seen Jamal Fogarty play one game with Whiten, but geez, I love Brad Schneider. Mm. I love Brad Schneider. And he's, he's starting off really well this year. And, and yeah, he does link up with Jack Whiten so well, but I thought Jack Whiten as an individual effort on the weekend was just superb possession count. Uh, the Cowboys just had more possession here. 51 percent possession uh, compared to the Raiders 49 but I, I'd argue that that was just from the second half I'd argue that the Raiders would have had more than more than the Cowboys going into halftime but the, they got the possession back the Cowboys and they won that game uh, completion rate was just higher 75 percent from the Cowboys with 33 out of 44 sets completed compared to the Raiders there 27 out of 37 sets completed at 72 percent um, so you can see where the Cowboys got the win here and Possession wins games, defense wins games, and I think that on the weekend, guys like Jason Tamalola, guys like Drinkwater, guys like Val Holmes as well with the two line breaks there, um, those guys won the game for the Cowboys. And I'll, poise, a- I'll poise this to you. Obviously, Drinkwater's two games at, at fullback. Mm. He's playing really good footy. Where does, ha- where does the hammer come back? Do I'd put him to center. Oh, I'd put him at the, on the wing. I'd have him on the wing there. Um, I reckon that him and Drinkwater could link up so well. And I think, geez, it's, it's Drinkwater at the, at the back. He's almost like having a third half on the field because yeah, he just he gets so involved. Yeah. Um, he's kicking game. He, I, I guarantee you we had a few kicking meters on the weekend, just like the halves did. He got so heavily involved. It's almost like Chad Townsend's got two five eights with him. And it's, it's so good for the Cowboys because you can see that they're playing better footy with that style. And I think Scott Drinkwater out the back suits them more than the Hammer does. Guarantee you that Hammer's got more speed, more agility, more X factor. But put that on the wing and, geez, you've got a really good side here for the Cowboys. So I'd put him on the wing. Where would you put him? Would you put him in the centres or on the wing? Where would you put the Hammer when he comes back? Well, I think he's got the potential to be a really damaging centre. Mm. Um 
because I really like a strike centre. I think the strike centre needs to come back. You just give him early ball and let him go to work. I, his origin debut, I do believe, was in the centres. Mm. So he can play centre. And that centre combination of Holmes and the hammer could be really damaging. I know Hiku's currently op- operating the centre spot. Yeah, he is. And Hiku's a, a seasoned pro, seasoned veteran. So, look, you'd probably look to keep him in the side. Yeah. Um, because you brought him there for his experience in the outside back. So you might look to put him to the wing, but I wouldn't use him exclusively as a winger. He's someone that's got to touch the footy. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'd, I wouldn't mind um, the hammer outside Hickey as well. That mm. would be really damaging or even outside homes. It doesn't really matter what side they put him on. Just the speed and just kick to that side early on last tackle. And God, you, d- you know that you've got a chase there. It's... Interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what happens when the hammer comes back. I think he comes back in the next two weeks. So um, very, very excited to see what happens when the hammer does come back. But look, in terms of Raiders' perspective here, it was so unfortunate that they couldn't hold on to this game. We'll move on now to the next one. The Rabbitohs v the Bulldogs. I'm very happy about this one myself. 36-16. to 16. Damian Cook, what a player. But before we talk about him, what were your thoughts on this game? What did you take away from it? Um. Look, I think it was just a very clinical performance from Souths. Um, there had been question marks about where they're at. Um, and this game sort of proved that, you know, they're, they're there. Like, they're not as bad as people are suggesting. I think it's because they made a grand final um, last season. A lot of big names leave. Question marks arise. And that's, you know, the, the nature of the beast. But, you know, they were really, really good. Um, I thought their middles really dominated i got concerns about the Bulldogs. They now sit bottom of the ladder after the um, after the round. I, I think Burton is a shining light. I think it's the only shining light. Addo Carr's been good. Um, he hasn't got the tries which people are accustomed to, but his um, carry-outed yardage is, has really um, gained another leg and it's probably been shined a light on more because it's – you know, because he's not doing the flashy things which he was doing at Melbourne, so people are looking at other areas of his game, and his and his yardage game is um, superb. Um, but yeah, South Sydney, I think they'll they proved on Good Friday in a big game, because although it's the Bulldogs, yet yeah, you played on a on a public holiday, big game in front of thirty or thousand people. You know, the, that's when the pressure comes. And we saw it on Easter Monday. Another side who's pushing for a title came up against a bottom uh, bottom of the table side, and um, you know they didn't get the job done. So they did what they had to do, and it was good. Look, Damien Cook, he's he's playing his um, career best footy for mine. Yep. It's career best form for him. Yeah, he played on and sensational on the weekend. Obviously, three tries, thirty four tackles as well. Most tackles for his team there. Um, yeah, and this is a concerning one for the Bulldogs. Dufty, would you prefer to move him to the wing and bring in someone else for fullback? Have you still got confidence in him at fullback? I know he did get the most run meters for his team. He got a little bit more involved this week. But I just, it's it's concerning now because two weeks in a row, hasn't really played the best game, hasn't really got involved as much as, we, as we'd like for a fullback. There's been talks that they're looking at Lachlan Miller from Newtown Jets, who's been playing some really good footy for the Newtown Jets at the moment, um, to sign him as a fullback. Uh, obviously, Cronulla signed him um, from Union, from Nines. Um, what are your thoughts about Matt Dufty at the moment? 
I think he needs a spell. Mm. I think I think he really needs a spell in reserve grade. Like just just to go back, you know, play play some good footy and um, because you know it's not. I think they've got the um, players to cover. I think like I mean I got no um, background, but if I was the Bulldogs, I'd I'd move over a fullback. Because they experimented with him at seven, so they obviously think he can ball play, and he think that um, he can create for others. Fullback, it allows him to get in the game a bit more than centre. They've got a great young centre in Aaron Shop, who's sitting in reserve grade. He's playing some good footy, and he play, He was probably their best player towards the back end of last year. Mm. Um, he played some some really really exciting footy. He's a great um, young centre. Um, so I'd move Avery to fullback, get him in the game a bit more, have Shop there. And then it just allows Dufty to go back and and get back to the form which he's in. I, I Dufty is a very good attacking fullback, for, but for me, obviously, you saw the 189 run meters. That's that's better than it was last week. And people were talking about his attack last week. I just think defensively, just organizing that middle third of the field um, is his biggest concern for mine. And um, yeah, I think I just think he needs a spell. What do you what do you think with Dufty? Oh. Look, even either give him a spell or put him onto the wing and just leave him out on the wing and hope that he gets a bit more involved. If that doesn't work out, then obviously give him a spell. Avarillo is a great shout for fullback for me as well. I think that Kyle Flanagan needs to be the halfback. I thought 100%. that he did really, really well um, with Burton, and I think they really do combine well. 100%. So that's a good sign from the Bulldogs. The only thing, I think it's Dufty. I think that Dufty, if Dufty, you give Dufty a spell, Avarillo, you know that he's what you're going to get out of him each week. You know that he's just a footballer. Chuck him at fullback for the next few weeks. Let him exp- let them experiment with Avarillo at fullback. I think they want, whatever they do over the next few weeks, though, they're going to have to do it consistently because if they keep chopping and changing the side, then it's not going to be good and, and they probably will win the wooden spoon if they do. Um, either them or the West Tigers for me, but um, it's very interesting, very interesting and Hopefully, Matt Dufty can have that spell come back and play some good footy. We don't know if he's going to have the spell or not. He could be in the side next week, uh, but we need to see a bit better from him. Obviously, it's good that he's starting to get a bit more meters, but he's not getting involved as much as we'd like to see from Matt Dufty and that we've seen from Matt Dufty in the past because at the back end of his uh, stint with the St. George Illawarra Dragons, he was getting involved heaps. His ball playing was superb. I don't know what's happened between now and then, but if he has that little spell in 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 reserve grade, I think we can see a lot more from him. In terms of the game itself, um, it was a really good game of football. <laughs> it was a good game of football for a South fan. Really happy with that win there. Um, Isaiah Tass scores his first try uh, in first grade. What are your thoughts on Isaiah Tass and, and his little stint at the back end of that game? Yeah, he's a great young centre. And I'm um, talking... Um, to some people that I know that they've got big raps on him at South Sydney um, and this was always the plan to, to bring him in. Um, I don't know if he starts next week. Uh, next week. I don't think he does. I think Tyne Milne's still doing a very good job there. Um, but, you know, when you play as well as South Sydney do, they have that luxury to carry it back on the bench and, you know, give someone a, a breather and bring him on and, and give him his debut in, a, mm. in what is a very favourable scenario. You know, when you come on with like 10, 15 minutes to go when your side's in front, you're able to play more freely, get the ball in your hands, have a few touches, and his touches were really good and obviously getting that try as well. So, you know, a very good debut, and I think it was managed really well. 
um, mm. from Demetrio for sure. Yeah, for sure. Bringing him off the bench there, letting him have that little stint in the centres. He ended up scoring a try. So definitely good signs for Isaiah Tass there. Now, this is the part that shocked me. We look at the completion rate from South Sydney. It's actually less than the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs completed 74% with 29 out of 39 sets completed, while South Sydney, 34 out of 47 sets completed at 72%. Um, and possession-wise, I know South did have more, uh, but it's what they did with that. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm too concerned with South Sydney, but... If they are to compete with these top sides, they definitely need to get that up in the next few weeks because you look at Penrith, you look at Melbourne, you look at Manly, you look at all these other top sides, their completion rate consistently is above 80. So I think if South are to do well against those top sides, they definitely need to get that completion rate up uh, and trying to get a bit more possession there as well. But really good performance from them against the Bulldogs, 36-16. to 16. I just want to touch quickly on also, mm. I thought it was Cody Walker's best game yeah. by far. And um, one thing which showed this is he was no longer sitting on his heels and waiting for things to happen. If something happened, if Cook came out and played, if Cook came out and explored, he was he was pushing up on the footy and he was always there. There was one where Cook comes out, he goes through the line, doesn't get the ball, but it's the intent and it's the the you know the the purpose to go. Oh, I'm going to get there, even if I don't get the footy. Like I want the footy. If I don't get it, I'll go and. Um, then play somewhere else. So I thought it was his best game of footy. Ilias is getting better and better and better. And I thought, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Campbell Graham as well. Um, you know, I said last week when I when I chatted with you, I think he'll play State of Origin this year. Um, and he had a fantastic game as well. So those big names for South and those key players for South are starting to work their way into the season. And I don't think it's time to write them off just yet. Yeah, same here. I'm definitely not riding off my Rabbitohs just yet and very impressed with some of the performances from them in the, and especially this week. They were sensational. We'll move on to the Panthers v. the Broncos, 40-12. to Now, Brisbane came out in this game and started really well and I was scared for a minute for Penrith. Uh, but then Penrith, do what Penrith do. They came out, they got the win there. Um, it was just a shining light performance from the Penrith Panthers. But what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, normal service. Like Penrith would have rocked up, gone, this is what we need to do. Let's just go in and get it done. And um, they did that. And that, that's what separates them from being a good side to a really good side, is that they play the way that they do. I think I saw somewhere 40 points. They had seven different try scorers. So they don't rely on one individual. Everyone contributes and everyone gets involved. And, um, you know, that's a big thing about Penrith. If we look at the main contributor, Isaiah Yo, contributes every week. Um, their try scorers, their outside backs, May, um, Tago, Crichton, Staines, Edwards, they all they all chip in. And every single one, like, you know, Scott Sorensen on the weekend played his best game of first grade. Like, he, he spent time at Cronulla and people were like, can he make it? But he just gets into that system and he starts to contribute. It's turning a bit into the Melbourne system where it's a next man up mentality and everyone turns up and gets ready to go. Um so it's really scary about what's happening out there. They're 6-0. If they don't look like anyone can touch them. Um, and, and, you know, they're playing some fantastic footy and they've really, you know, Nathan said on the weekend, he said on, it was on the Sunday footy show, he said this side can get better. And mm. that's scary for the competition if this side can get better. So um, Penrith, massive tick. Brisbane, yes, they started the game well, but then they faded late. Yep. thought Reynolds had some fantastic touches. We saw why they brought Reynolds into the club. Um, 
But again, they miss Payne Haas. I said that they miss Payne Haas when he goes suspended. And this was a really, really, like, it's just bad timing. Yeah. it's This is the worst game to miss someone like Payne Haas for. But um, Palacio, you had him in his team of the week, as in your team of the week. Yeah. He played his best game in first grade. He, he really took the, all right, Payne's not here. I've got to go. Mm. I've got to stand up and I've got to be the leader at such mm. a young age. And that was that was really exciting to see. And, you know, now the expectation is there that when Payne comes back, there's been talk that no one goes with Haas. No one, no one, you know, follows him up. If Haas takes carry one, Palacia must take carry two. Mm. And they have to both be sitting at 150 run metres a game. Yeah. If they're to be um, competitive in this competition. Yeah, for sure. I think that Palacia can definitely live up to that expectation. Um, we look at the Penrith Panthers here. Most tackles, Isaiah Yo, 46. Most run metres, Talon May, 228. Nearly 230 metres there for him. Scott Sorensen, two line breaks there. Possession, obviously Penrith uh, had more possession here, 56% compared to the Broncos, 44, which actually isn't too bad. It's not too bad considering they lost 40-12. to 12. They were still in this game and they were both com- completing to a very high standard. If you look at the completion rates here, Penrith were 85% with 40 out of 47. <laughs> they weren't too far behind the Broncos. 32 out of 37 sets completed at 86%. That's still pretty high. It's very it's very good. It's very, very good for, for Brisbane. And losing 40 to 12, if you look at these stats, you almost wouldn't believe it. And that's how well they started this game. They really came out and put it to Penrith. But obviously, yes, they did fade out at the back end of that game. But it was just because those Penrith guys stand up. And when they play fast footy, it's almost impossible to guard Penrith. It, it's it's almost impossible. Like, they've got so much young talent in their team and the juniors coming through. It is just a scary thought, Penrith, over the next few years. And I am very, very excited uh, to see what Penrith have to offer over the next few years. But the Brisbane Broncos, it is good signs. You can see with Reynolds that they are playing a bit more calm and composed footy, which is what I really like. I also think that Billy Walters suits Adam Reynolds quite well. And look, there's a lot of talk, coach's son and stuff like that. But you look at the footy, he's playing Billy Walters. He's not playing too outrageous, but he suits Adam Reynolds well. Mm. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Is there someone else that you'd bring in? Are you liking the footy that Billy Walters is playing? No, I think Billy Walters is the the man to to partner Reynolds. I think we just got to allow combinations to develop. You know, mm. we're six rounds into the competition, so and they've only played a couple of games together. So, um, you know, he's playing some some good footy. Um, I thought Cobbo had his best game in first grade for, um, on the weekend. And then Katoni. Katoni, his, his last two rounds after what was a shaky start of the season, the first month of football, has been really, really good. Mm. So I, where do you sit on Brisbane? Because I, I, had, I had them in the top eight at the start of the year. They started the season off really well, but they've started to have a bit of dip back to where they were like, like last year. Obviously, they, they competed well against uh, Penrith, but they weren't there when the game was sort of on the line. Where, where do you sit on them? Because I'm starting to think they're maybe not a top eight side anymore. I don't know, because I think that with Payne Haas in the side, they've got a bit more go forward. Um, I, honestly, I reckon if Payne Haas was playing in this game, it wouldn't be 40-12. to 12, It'd be no, a bit closer. Yeah. Um, but, look, I, I really like the direction that they're going. If they miss out, they only just miss out for me. I reckon I sit them in that 8-10 to 10 sort of sort of range. Um, but I'm really liking the footy that they are playing. I think that I'm a bit 50-50 on Jake Turpin. I think Corey Pakes, when he came onto the field, they started to play a bit faster footy which was very interesting. Um, 
what are your thoughts on that? Because there has been a bit of talk about Jake Turpin and, and Corey Pakes. Um, who do you think? Who would you start one over the other? I think it's a good contrast bringing Corey Pakes on late. Um, but what are, what are your thoughts on the hooker spot for Brisbane? Yeah, I think it can be a really nice one-two punch. Mm. Like you don't have to leave one out of the side to to ha- allow one to play eighty minutes. Jake Turpin, he just gets through work, and that's what I really like about him. Yes, he doesn't come out and and um, sort of run out a dummy half, but he just gets through a mountain of work, you know, and does all the little things that are unnoticed. So he makes his tackles, he serves out a dummy half, usually finds the mark, um, and then Pakes comes on with that um, that leg speed. Uh, he, he quickens up the ruck and he, he allows them to play. So against tiring forwards, you know, that could be really, really um, damaging. So I can't, I don't see why not, but why they don't um, go for the one-two punch. Um, you know, start with Turpin, allow him to get through the work. Because I think Pakes, he, he doesn't really have that yet. Like he can develop it for sure. Um, but I do believe he grew up playing halfback. So he hasn't been accustomed to making a mountain of tackles in the middle for his whole for you know his whole junior career. So if you allow Turpin to do that, then Pates can come on and um, really lift the attack. So that's what I would do. But what about you? Oh, I, I think I agree that the one-two punch for for Brisbane would be unreal. As you said, Jake Turpin comes in every week, and I think he pretty much leads the tackles. When Payne Haas isn't here, he's probably second or third. Um, but 35 tackles, he did lead his side for tackles on the weekend. And we talk about the work that he gets through. He does for sure. And then it tires out the forwards. Corey Peggs comes on and he just scurries. Um, so, yeah, one-two punch for me would be unreal. Really impressed with how Penrith played. I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, what are your thoughts on Penrith back-to-back? Well, it's really – it's – at the moment, yeah. Really, like at the moment, they're really they're the team to beat once again. Um, you know, six six from six um, doesn't really look like they've they've been pushed. I want to see them against a really big side, but like, like a Melbourne, um, or so. Once they do that, and and if they, you know, pass that test with flying colours, or they're going to be there. Um, they're going to be in a prelim final. I think everyone agrees with that. It's just mm. whether, you know, when the how will the other sides go against them? And, and will fatigue get them in the back end of the season? Obviously, they've been playing some. They've been playing two extremely long years. They had the COVID year in 2020. So that season finished in, you know, November for a lot of them because a lot of them went into the State of Origin squad. And then 2021. So that's two, ex- like, long, long seasons. So that's the big thing with defending premiers. See us when they won the comp in 14, 15, they were flying. But then fatigue got them. They drifted out of the four. Then they got bounced in week one. D- do I think this can happen to that side? No, because they're a young, um, they're a younger side, and they've got youth on their side. Um, but it's the fatigue, not only physically but mentally as well. So that's the big thing for them. Can they manage their season? Um, the Roosters did it extremely well when they backed went back to back. Um, so maybe a bit of bit of um you know the best thing in rugby league is copy and pasting so maybe mm. a bit of copy and pasting from what they did um looking from the outside in um but there's no reason why they can't go back to back for sure and do you think that they do verse melbourne in the grand final if they get there i think they play the roosters the roosters i think they play the roosters there you go that's a bit of a smoky there um 
it's very interesting, the Roosters at the moment, the football they're playing, and it'd be very, very interesting to see if they do end up getting into that GF. Uh, but the next teams we're going to be talking about are Manly v. the Titans, the game just after this one. 26-18, to 18, the Manly Seagulls got the win there. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I've been sort of critical on Manly, but I think they're starting to they're starting to um, sort of ease off on me. They're starting to, to, to show that, you know, they've got di- different elements to their game. And they've got different ways of winning. Um, so Manly, they're starting to really um, get back into who I think can win a premiership. Uh, two wins from two lo- uh, two wins from two games without Trebojevic. That's a big thing for mm. me. Um, their ability to win without him, um, because he's because if they're playing like this and then he comes back into that side, it's only going to um, develop them th- further. Uh, but for the Titans. You know, they're, they're a frustrating side to watch mm. because their attack is so good. They've got such damaging individuals in that side, but defensively they're just not there. Mm. Um, so for them, if they can fix their defense, there's no reason why they can't make finals. But you know, it's very similar um, to the Tigers of 2010, 2011. They'd be willing to outscore opponents and not defend. So they, they'll back their attack, but when it comes to defense, they'll go. Oh, if we if we let them score, we might get the ball back here. Mm. So they need to get their defense right and get it right quickly. Yep, for sure. Um, I actually thought they competed quite well in this game, though. Uh, they they pretty much almost snatched it at the back end. But uh, Titans and Manly, I thought this was a really really close one. Even it could have been much more than that if Tom Trevojevic wasn't the side for Manly. I reckon they would have flogged them to be honest if Tom Trevojevic was in this side, but. Uh, 26 to 18 was the score. Uh, it was an all manly first half. It was an all manly first half. They came out and absolutely dominated. Uh, I thought Dylan Walker, the the man behind closed doors, the guy that people don't don't really talk about, 184 meters for his side off the bench. That is unheard of for a utility player. So you can just see the impact that he has. Heavily involved in this one, um, Dylan Walker. I thought he had a really good performance. What are your thoughts on him as a utility for Manly? Oh, he suits the role perfectly for them. He's the perfect player for that side. Um, he comes on with leg speed in the middle and he, he really just gets in there and gets to work. Um, you know, there's question marks. Is he a 5'8"? Is he a centre? Started at centre. Moved moved to 5'8", I believe. Um, played a bit there at Manly. But he, he looks to find a home at 14. He's made that jersey 14 a position. Mm. And a lot of people have done that. And, and now it's like you need a good utility to, to um, compete in this competition. Um and he plays that role perfectly for them. So um, a really, really good performance um, from Dylan Walker. Um, I thought Ola Kawatu was really good. Obviously, he was in my team of the week. Um, so, yeah, he's the perfect um, foil for um, Cherry Evans and, and Foran to play some footy. He, he is for sure. And he, and he's so quick and deceptive as well. Ball playing is unreal, obviously, from when he did play 5-8. He's just a footballer, Dylan Walker. And I think it'll be quite unfortunate when he does, obviously, depart at the end of the year to go to the Warriors. But, geez, he's such a good footballer. Um, and he suits this side so perfectly. Jake Trevojevic, 41 tackles there for Manly. His defense, some of his defensive plays were first Class, Jake Trevojevic standing up while his brother's out. Um, thoughts on him over the next few weeks? Oh, he's defensively, he's fantastic. Like, mm. there's no, there's no question about that. He's, he's, he's up there with the. He, he's got the best tackling technique in the game for sure. He just crunches blokes for fun. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. He's an absolute freak. Uh, David Fafida, that try that he scored, no one can tackle this bloke. No one can tackle this bloke. That was just crazy. Um, <laughs> over the next few weeks, if he gets more heavily involved, I feel like David Fafida, while he comes in and has these big moments in games, he'll sort of fade out after that. If he gets more heavily involved, geez, the Titans, they're going to be an absolute powerhouse over the next few weeks. Yeah, look, with with Fafida, I think people are too harsh on him. You know, people go, oh, he needs to go find the footy. No, I, I think I think the responsibility falls on his halves to get him the footy. Mm. He needs to get one-on-one with defenders. Have, have you remembered a try where he has beat one bloke and scored? Not really, no. no he he has one. to beat four or five blokes to score. Mm. Do you imagine if he had Cooper Cronk as your halfback? Yeah. Putting yeah. him over in Jonathan Thurston, mm. Joey Johns. Yeah. Like if it, it, I don't know. They must be doing it. But the Gold Coast halves should be getting him and saying, I want you to run out, I want you to run in, you know, run over pl- blokes. It, it, there's no shape around him. It's just get him the ball, let him beat five, six blokes and score a try. Just make his job easier. He scored, what, 11 tries last season? Yeah. He would score 20 tries yeah. if he got one-on-one with defenders. So that, that's, I think, yes, for feeder, you got to look for the ball at some stages, but then the onus falls in your halves to get you the ball. If he can get what, like Olakowatu, mm. what Cherry Evans is doing with Olakowatu, put Fafida in that side. Yeah. They're damaging. It's going to be unreal to see David Fafida over the next few weeks. And yeah, if he gets better ball... He's going to be fantastic, especially in Origin. You look at him at Origin as well and what Cherry Evans or uh, Munster do with him there. Like, he gets heaps of ball in Origin, so... That could be the telling part. Yeah. Origin would yeah. show... Would show if, he, if he can get one-on-one with defenders in Origin and, and get into that um, environment, mm. Billy Slater, um, Jonathan Thurston, Cameron Smith, they all know what he's got to do. Yeah. They all know he's got to get one-on-one. Yeah, for sure. And it is going to be unreal. Tino for Sulamala Owie for me had an awesome performance, 164 metres and a try there for him as well. Uh, big Tino, he's been playing some good footy over the past few weeks for the Titans and he's been a standout for them for sure. Yeah, really standing up as captain. Um, got the C next to his name and, you know, that's why they got him here coming from that Melbourne system. Just never um, – or efforts always there. He always tries hard. Um and yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic player. Unreal. Tino, great pickup and the skipper as well for that side as well, really standing up for the Gold Coast Titans. Possession for this game was 50-50. Can you believe it? Only a few seconds difference uh, in terms of possession there, in terms of time in possession. And completion rates, 85% for Manly, 34 out of 40 sets completed compared to the Gold Coast Titans, 31 out of 40 sets completed here at 77%. If they get that completion rate a bit higher... They could honestly win that game, but Manly, they got the win there. Really good effort from them. As we said, all Manly first half and Titans come back in this one and almost got the job done. Almost. They were a few minutes off. If you give them a few more minutes, I reckon they do something with the ball. But yeah, gee, some efforts there. Individual efforts from the Titans um, kept them in this game, but it was a really good effort there from Manly as well. And if they're looking this good without Tom Trevojevic with with him back in the side, it's going to be a whole different story. Um, the Storm v. the Sharks didn't really have an, many notes on this game because I was just sitting there so shocked at, at the Storm and, and what they can do. And the fact that the Sharks kept themselves in this game for the most part, um, it's good signs for Cronulla. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think, you know, 
this was a good test for Cronulla, and I think they passed. Mm. I think they, I think they passed. I th- although they didn't get the win, they they were there and they competed with, with with what will be a side which will be in that top four. Um, I think you know Cronulla, they've they've furthered their sort of stature as a top four side. Um, but yeah, Melbourne, they just they just kick on. They just get on. They they get um, teams to where they want them to get, and then they just kick another level. Cameron Munster, that game on the weekend. There's been talks about his contract, mm. and if you if you're t- if they're talking about your contract, that is the perfect performance to produce mm. when they're talking about your contract. Um, oh, I've got a question for you a bit later, but like, you know that C- Melbourne they just play a, a brand of footy which is so exciting. It's so different to um, when the when the big three was there. And, and if you said Melbourne they were an exciting team to watch, people would love watching Melbourne play. People would probably be like, nah, not really. I don't know if it's because because of the characters in the side now with Munster, with Smith, or if it's the brand of footy they're playing. You know, they've got a running half. That, that um, But people actually enjoy watching Melbourne play. And Melbourne aren't the, the team that everyone hates anymore, For per, personally for mine. Like, I really enjoy watching Melbourne play. Um, not saying that I didn't enjoy them watching the big three, but it's a different style. It's a different appreciation for what they can do. And it all goes back to the head coach. He's, it, like what he's done is, is fantastic, um, you know. You, you look at who stood up: Munster, Grant, you know, all the mm. the big the big players, the big mm. name players. Um, I thought Nico Hines was fantastic. Nico Hines was really good, and he just took the game on, and d- it was afraid to. He wasn't afraid to die with the footy or die wondering. You know that kick he put over for Ramian mm. when he was coming out of his own twenty, yeah. like. Gen, like a halfback doesn't do that, so that's what I really like about um, Nico Hines. He, he he's willing to take the game on and take a chance. Um, I thought he got let down a bit by Matt Moylan. I thought Matt Moylan probably had his worst game of the year, but that's no, you know, like that's a learning experience for them too. So this is the first time that which they they beat Parramatta, and now they've they've competed against Melbourne. So I think they'll get a lot of confidence from this and mm. and, and move forward um, knowing that they can compete with the top sides in the competition. Very excited for Cronulla, actually. Oh, I can't wait to see what they can do over the next few weeks. Cam McInnes, 41 tackles there. He just puts effort in week in, week out, Cam McInnes. And we saw it there. He was shoved into the back row late, obviously, uh, with one of their guys being out. But uh, I thought he really competed well on the weekend. I think it was Britton Nakora that was out of the side for them. Um, and he stood up really well, Cam McInnes. I think that he's a really good buy for them. Do you keep him in the back row? Is he a back rower for you? Is he a lock forward? Where would you have him in this side? I think if he didn't get injured at the start of the season, he was touted to start at lock. Mm. So I think I think he sort of worked his way back into the middle. Brent Nakora, when he comes back, has got to start like got to be in the side. He's, mm. he's fantastic. Um, and then on the other edge, you're waiting on Wade Graham. We don't know when he'll be back, but you're waiting for him to come back. So um, I think you put you put McInnes in the middle. You know, he made forty one tackles on an edge. You put him in the middle, he makes fifty consistently. He's a great defender. Obviously, with all that experience at nine, um, I think um, Braley at nine's been been really good to start the season. So I, leave, I think you leave him there, and I think they originally signed him to play thirteen. Um, so I'd move him into the middle eventually. Would you move Fanuk into the front row? Correct. Yeah, yeah I think Fanuk in the front row. Um, you know, he's he's playing a very similar role. Um, whether he's got thirteen or ten on his back, he, he isn't a, a touted ball player. 
He just gets to work like McInnes. So they're very, very similar, but I think McInnes has just got a bit more of uh, a lateral pass. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think he'd be unreal there in the 13. It just depends on how they want to use Finucane. He's been sensational for them over the past few weeks, Finucane. And while he doesn't have the big stats, he Thanks just God. consistently gets involved. He's a workhorse. He overworks himself at training. So many things have come out about him at training, just overworking it and being told to stop. Like, He's a freak. He, Dal Finucane, he is an absolute weapon. And you can see why he consistently gets picked for Origin because Freddie Fittler, he has so much respect for this guy and... He is just an absolute leader. He is a workhorse and Dalfinukin, unreal. Great Ren- signing. Ronaldo Molotalo. Over the past few weeks, as, as soon as he came back from that injury, he was sensational. 210 metres in this game. He was just everywhere. Even though he's a winger, he was just everywhere. Um, what are your thoughts on Ronaldo Molotalo? Do you think he plays Kiwis this year? Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think he's, he's a very, very good up-and-coming winger. Obviously, he had that... Um, Incident last year with the whole eligibility for Origin, that was a shame. He mm. probably deserved to, to get his debut and to, to get told you're not a Queenslander. Uh, a week out from being told you're going to play for Queensland, that would have been hard to take. Mm. Um, but he hasn't um, dwelled on that. He's just got back to playing good footy. He, got, he missed the back end of last year with that jaw issue. Um, but, you know, he's come back and he's he's he's, he's a f- one that loves to get into the fight of the game. He's mm. a competitor. He, he's always there in and around um, everyone. And he, some would say he's a bit of a pest, mm. but uh, it's a, he's a competitor. Uh, he's a competitor. And when he gets onto the field, it's, you know, it's me, my team versus your team. I'm going to do everything I can to get over you. Mm. And he does that. So that's what I really like about him. Yeah, I really appreciate Ronaldo Molotalo at the moment. I think he's a really good winger. And again, Queensland would be spewing. They can't pick him in that side. He is an absolute freak. Uh, but then again, they've got the guys like the Hammer uh, who are performing really well at the moment. Um, plenty of guys from Queensland that you can pick. Um, but yeah, Ronaldo Mortalo, an absolute freak. And he definitely deserves a jersey. Unfortunate that the eligibility thing hasn't been sorted out. But Cronulla, I thought it was a really courageous performance. Cameron Munster, take a bow. Cameron Munster, contract-wise, we talked, we touched on it before. I don't think Melbourne can afford him. I really don't think Melbourne can afford him. I think he'd be asking for a lot more than he did last season, even though they're asking him to take a pay cut. Whether he chooses to stay at a premiership-winning side or take the risk and get paid more and go to that Dolphins side, I don't know what he would want to do as a player, what his manager wants for him. But yeah, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him sign with the Dolphins over the next few months. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Do you do you think he stays with Melbourne? Do you think he goes to the Dolphins? Newcastle have obviously taken that contract back. There's been a lot of dramas with Kalen Ponga. Where do you see Munster ending up? Well, for me, a big thing is legacy. And when you when you leave the the game, people talk about you as a player and what you did, like what you did. Cameron Munster has the opportunity to go to the Dolphins and establish that franchise. Could you imagine if if he goes up there and f- within five years he wins a premiership with the Dolphins? Mm. We'd be talking about him as one of the greatest players of all time because he went up there, he established a franchise, and he won a premiership in such a short amount of time. And the money up there will be pretty good too. 
Like it's he's he's been offered seven hundred and fifty thousand to stay at Melbourne. That's significant mm. unders. If he if he goes to the open market, he can w- get one point one one point two easily. Mm. There are, there's a lot of teams in the competition which would pay one point one one point two for Cameron Munster, um, and that would be you know a very fair contract. They wouldn't be paying overs or anything. Mm. Um, you know that was my question to you. What do you pay Cameron Munster? I and mean, I'm one point two like. If you got the checkbook, what do you want, Cameron? I'll give it to you. Yeah, um, he's that he's that good of a player. Um, so I I think he he eventually ends up there. Mm. He ends up in um, at Redcliffe, and I I hope he does because you know they're struggling. People are saying they're struggling to get a marquee signing and all this, but um, for both Redcliffe and um, Cameron Munster, I think it's a perfect match. We saw what. Bennett did with Munster in the Origin series that he had with him. Mm. So week in, week out, Cameron Munster playing under um, Bennett could be extreme. Well, will be damaging. So I think he goes to Redcliffe. Well, he takes what he learnt from Melbourne under Craig Bellamy. Takes that up to the Dolphins under Wayne Bennett. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better career, honestly. So, look, as I said, wouldn't be surprised if he goes up there for a lot of money. Uh, but there is that thing of do you want to stay at the Melbourne Storm and be in a premiership winning side knowing that you're going to win a premiership? What's the guarantee? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the guaranteed versus the risk. If he yeah. goes, to, goes to Redcliffe, he's taking a massive gamble and a massive mm. risk. But I think if that risk pays off, yeah. it'll be better than if he was to stay at Melbourne. Mm. Because if they're offering 750, you know, he, he's got to think about himself too and what he can get. Mm. It's a big difference. We don't want the Ashley Taylor effect to happen where he's been playing really good footy. Oh, it won't happen to Munster. Yeah. No, it won't happen to Munster. He, he's, he's a top five player in the game. Mm. Ash Taylor was a rookie, played a, played a good season and, and then got the contract. But Munster's been playing good footy since he started. So mm. I don't think the Ash Taylor effect will happen at all. Be very interesting to see, and I'm very excited to see what happens with Munster. Um, before we move on, we'll touch on Justin Olam as well. He had a pretty good performance from Melbourne as well. I thought that... Over the past few weeks, we haven't seen much of him. He hasn't been getting much ball over there in Melbourne because we've seen guys like Xavier Coates, Cameron Munster, Olam, Ryan Pappenhausen, Harry Grant, all these guys stand up. We haven't really been talking about Olam, but I thought he played really well on the weekend. What are your thoughts on Justin Olam? Yeah, it was in my team of the week. So, mm. um, you know, he's just a strike centre. He's just a he's just a beast. You know, you get him the ball, he, he, he just carries the ball so well. And, yeah, we haven't. You know, people probably haven't been talking about him, but internally what he's been doing, like internally they would be loving what he's doing out of yardage. Mm. I think that's that's a very underrated part of his game. He gets the ball and he carts it out of the, their end extremely well. Um, you know, and the, every good centre needs to do that. And then when he gets the ball early, he can create, sp- create space for his outside man, create space for himself and then for these people on the inside. And he's, So I think, he's, I think he's had a very good start of the season and, you know, he just stands up. He appears to stand up when the when the big game and the big occasions there. This was a big game against mm. Cronulla. People were talking about this is the game of the round. Um, so he stood up and um, yeah, no, a very good performance. Yeah, very good performance from him. Very good performance from the Melbourne Storm and Cronulla just staying in this one. But obviously Melbourne did get the win there. Very impressed with both teams. We move on to the next game: the Chooks v the Warriors, twenty-two to fourteen. Quite a close one, and the Warriors did come out well in this one, but the Roosters ended up getting the win here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, Roosters, they just find a way to win, don't they? Mm. They really just find a way to win, and, and 
doesn't matter where they are, how they win, how they can um, get the job done. They just um, just get it done, and that's what's so good about this this team is that. And this um, you know it comes from the the top down with Robinson. He expects them to win in any situation, and they win in any situation. The game they won last week was completely different to this week, and um, it's the difference between them them and some other sides competing for a premiership. Um, you know they were pushed by the Warriors, and the Warriors played well. But, you know, they just find a way to win. Tedesco was fantastic. Um, you know, question marks about him. But, you know, he's, he's playing some some great footy. Um, Walker as well. I thought he was really good. Um, and and I'm really liking, you know, the, the way that their middles are working and mm. um, how that, that, that rotation is starting to work. I think they changed it this week. Crichton started on the edge and, and Butcher came back into the middle. Um, but, you know, they've got that versatility with those players there. Yep. So I'm really liking, you know, they're... The Roosters, they they structure their season better than anyone else. You know, they they back they backload their comp their season. They they aim to peak at the end. So they they if they win, like if they start two and four in the first six, they don't care because they mm. back themselves to go longer than everyone else. Mm. And and when they've won premierships, they haven't really started the season all that well. Um, but they they've started okay. But we're not talking about them in like we are with Penrith. Or Melbourne, and I, I would imagine they're loving that. Like they're going, oh, people are people are forgetting about us. We'll just be able to do what we what we do, and then by the back end of the season, the na- the narrative will be, geez, they timed their run well. Mm. But it's all a plan. Do you think that Drew Hutchinson is, and they need to have him in that side somewhere because I think that he was he wasn't in the starting lineup this week. Um, and the people were so confused on the Tuesday and Wednesday, just going, where is Drew Hutchinson? And he comes into the side late. And he played really well, Drew Hutchinson, I thought, starting at hooker. I think that he's going really well there. What are your thoughts on, on Drew Hutchinson? Oh, I think I think eventually it'll be Verrills and Watson mm. as that one-two punch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, while, while Watson's out, I believe Watson's got a throat fracture. Yeah. Um, so while Watson's out, I think I think you got to go with um, Hutchinson somewhere in the squad just to, to allow um, Verrills to get into his season. Obviously, it was only his first game on the weekend, but um, you know I think by, towards the end of the season, their their go to nine combo will be mm. uh, Verrills and Watson, and Hutchinson's the lucky one that uh, the unlucky one that just misses out. Um, but if there's an injury there, you know. When you've got someone like Hutchinson that's able to come in and fill the spot, um, you know, it's a very good thing for your side. Would you think that Hutchinson would be a good pickup? I'm not sure when he comes off contract, but do you think he'd be a good pickup for someone like the Dolphins? He'd be on their radar for sure. Mm. Uh, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people who are just on that fringe who are good enough to play um, NRL. I think Hutchinson would, would be a good pickup for them because he's, you know, Bennett's going for a really specific recruitment drive with who he's picked up. He's picked up the Bromwich boys, Kafusi, um, Ray Stone. He's going for experience, uh, Asako. Mm. He's going for really experienced people who have been in around squads and know how to establish a first grade squad. Mm. Hutchinson's been uh, done that, so it really suits what he's going for. So you know, you put up Drew Hutchinson. It's a it's a very viable option for them if they're struggling to get a half. Mm. Do you think that he'd be a, a starting half, or do you think that he'd be more of a 14 that just comes on and tears. Well, it depends who they get. Mm. It depends. It honestly depends who they get. Like, 
if they get Munster, mm. like, he'd be the perfect like he, he play, playing next to Cameron Munster. I think would see the best out of Drew Hutchinson. I think that'd be a very interesting one, and people forget that Hutcho had a few years in the Super League as well, uh, playing starting halfback. So he's been in squads. He knows. Um, he's played a few positions now as well. Um, I do like Hutchinson at the moment, and I think he'd be a decent pickup for the Dolphins. But we'll talk about this game, though. Warriors, they did come out really well, in my opinion, and it was a really tight contest. I thought Sean Johnson really played well for the Warriors and, and stood up for them. He's been doing some really good things over the past few weeks. Uh, but Adam Fanua Blake, this guy is something special. He is a weapon, an absolute weapon. That run that he had, nearly scoring a try... Broke the line, threw a dummy. <laughs> you don't see that much from a forward. And broke straight through the Roosters' defence. This guy is something special. Yeah, he's just a damaging... He's so hard to tackle. Um, he, he's he's so damaging. Uh, he gets in there um, and he works hard. Um, but the thing for now for the Warriors is they've got Fanua Black who can do it. Who's going to be the person... It's a, a very similar to Brisbane. Mm. Who's going to be that second person that can go with him? Yeah, be interesting. Like that's what that's where the big that's where the thing is now. Someone's got to go with him, and they they can't be so reliant on him because if they can produce that from Fanua Blake, and then someone else go with him, like it'll be, yeah, good for them moving forward. It'd be interesting. They've got a few young f- forwards in that side, and don't the New Zealanders always have a, a big selection of forwards? They're bloody massive blokes. Um, but yeah, it'd be very interesting. Uh, I think it can be Penne. 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 Penne's a good contrast too for. The Adam I think Blake. it can be Penne because he's come from that Melbourne system. Mm. It's very similar. Like he, he, I think it'll be Penne. So I, I think in the next sort of month, two months, we'll see Aaron Penne's footy develop, mm. and, and I think he could be the second foil to Fenua Blake because it's a contrast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, in terms of the Roosters, James Tedesco, I think it was his one of his best games of the season. I think that he really yeah, got. So. Yeah, I think he got more involved. I think that um, while he wasn't doing crazy out there stuff he was really like doing the little things right um playing some good ball playing uh you know when he catches that ball on the last tackle set from the other team he'll take it up himself he won't pass it on to someone else he'll get those meters in for his side i'm really liking the footy that tedesco's playing i think he's changed his game from last season i think he's more of that leader out the back now um that's playing a bit more structured rather than let's go and see what happens. I'll do my little scurry. He's, he's sort of reined back a bit because mm. um, he knows that there's a lot of talent around him that can take those scurries for him. What are your thoughts on James Tedesco over the past few weeks? Well, I, I, I'm a massive fan of Tedesco. I've always have been. Mm. I think he's, you know, I think he's still the best fullback in the game. Although Turbo was playing some, you know, Turbo last season was absolutely fantastic. And mm. last year he was the best, but with Tedesco, last year he played. He had to um, play a more hands-on role mm. with no no Kiri, a lot of people out, um, and a rookie half in Walker, and and tried to take the pressure off him a bit. Mm. So he had Walker and Hutchinson. Now that Kiri's back, he can sort of step off the ball a bit. And again, they're just taking time. It's very similar to when they um when they first recruited Tedesco, and they brought in Cooper Cronk as well. Uh, it's extra. It's very similar. Like for me personally, it's very similar. They're just finding out how each other work. How it obviously Kiri and and Tedesco are playing together. But this is the first time that trio that's working together. Uh, they've got us. They've got a new nine. Their new their nine seems to be changing every week. Um, so they're just finding out how they work together. 
Um, and Tedesco, I think he's he's no every, people last year were saying, you know, he could play five eight. Mm. I, I think yeah, last year it was out of necessity. We saw that from Tedesco. Yeah, but he's starting to get back to that sweeper out the back, yardage carries, and um, you know just popping up in the middle third of the field, which is yep. what he does best. Yeah, for sure. I really like the footy that he's been playing over the past few weeks, and yeah, I really do uh, like how the Roosters are going. And while they're not the big flashy Roosters that we've seen, obviously eighteen and nineteen. Um, you know, it's it's different, and they have Brandon Smith coming in next season, which was very unexpected <laughs> when I saw that signing. Um, it was quite awesome, but very unexpected and quite scary, to be honest, for a South fan. But um, I'm really liking this Rooster side. I think that Radley, he played all right. I know he had the most tackles, but he had a, he had a 50-50 game. But over the past few weeks, I think that he's been playing really well, and I reckon he gets his origin debut if he plays in some good form over the next few weeks. I reckon he'll come off the bench and just have a huge impact. Um, but yeah, in terms of the possession, it was 51% compared to the Warriors, 49%. Um, completion rate, 81% from the Roosters, 76% there from the Warriors. Anyone else that in this game that you thought really stood out? Anyone else that you would want to mention? No, I think, I think it was just an all-around performance from the Roosters, mm. to be honest. Um, everyone stood up and everyone performed well. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, we'll move on then to the next game. Uh, the Dragons v. the Knights. And my uncle had a pretty tough watch. hefty... Yeah, it was very tough to watch for Newcastle. But um, my uncle had a bit of a bet on this game. We thought that Newcastle were going to win 13+. plus. We thought they were going to come back in and, and have a really good game of football. Uh, we were very spewing not to win that one. It was a very good bet. We put 50 bucks on it. It was a four grand winning winning total. So very spewing there. I was going to get my $500 cut, but obviously <laughs> that didn't come into fruition. Um, but the Dragons, really good performance from them. I came into this game doubting them. I came into this game doubting Moses Mbai. Came into this game doubting the whole Dragon system. I thought that the, the Knights were going to come into this game and get the job done. And they had to, and they didn't. But then again, I thought that they put up a fight against the Dragons, and there were some positives with the negatives for the Knights. What were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think, you know, the big positive was Kalen. I think Kalen, although in a losing side, 240 run metres, mm. um, set up a try, scored a try. So it's, it's his best game of the season. Um, you know, I just think they lacked that sort of killer instinct at the end of the game, and... and you know, as you said, Ben Hunt, I think that was the big difference. Ben Hunt mm. was able to steer his side into the positions on the field to win the game, um, whereas, you know, uh, Clifford was unable to. Um, but, yeah, in, in terms of these two sides, I think, I think you know, the Knights, they, I think they both started the season well and unexpected. Um, but, you know, they're sort of returning back to where people um, thought they would be sitting in the pack um. So, I think what I what I, what I had down was the Dragons just found a way to win, and when you're in a game like this, you know, against a side in a very similar position to you, you just got to find a way to win, and they did that. Um. So, you know, positives. I think there's positives for both sides, but you mm. can take positives out from from elements of that um that game, but then you're also able to go and and work on it. Yeah, Ben Hunt, as you mentioned, was phenomenal in this game. He really stood, uh, steered the ship. Uh, Kalen Ponga, as well, as you mentioned, 240 run meters, 
Randall with 52 tackles. Really good effort from him, and I thought his service at a dummy half was really good for them, especially when they were on the go forward. Bradman Best. Bradman Best came out and had one of his best games of the season. Uh, Dane Gagai was getting a bit more involved. There were some really good signs there from Newcastle, but St. George really shocked me. They surprised me. <laughs> they really blew me away with how they came out into this game. Um, but, yeah, Ben Hunt. Amone, when he came on, I thought was quite yeah, good. I think he needs to start at six. I don't really think that Bird is that number six. However, they did play well when he was on the field. I think Bird would be more in that back row, lock forward sort of role. Uh, whether that means you move DeBellin into the front row uh, or how you work that one out, it'd be very interesting. But I think that Amone and Hunt need to be the halves pairing, though. I think that they contrast really well. Um, what are your thoughts on that one with the St. George halves pairing? I think that's the way they will eventually go. Um, but for Amone, um, you know, he demoted from the, he got given the six at the start of the season, was then demoted. Isn't that the perfect response though? Isn't if you're Griffin, mm. that's exactly what you're looking for. I know personally as, as, as a coach, if you look, if you give someone a challenge and they rise to that and, and above that, mm. you know, he really, he really added a spark to their attack when the game was on the line. And, and it's what Griffin would have wanted him to do. And he went out and did that. So, um, I think eventually he's got to move into the six, but um, if you can have that spark off the bench every week, um, it's gonna it's gonna be really damaging. Man, then I think you got to go slide out the back. I, I thought Moses was good; um, it was his best game in a St George jersey. But um, you know, just for that the overall makeup of that side, he's got to go to fullback. I think Embai for them needs to be a fourteen rather yeah. than a one. I think that he suits that fourteen jersey well because he can just come on and play anywhere. He's a really he's a decent dummy half when he goes there. He he's plays all right in the six and the seven. Uh, he does his job out at the back at fullback. We saw that on the weekend. But I think that you've got to give Sloan a few more weeks to get used to that jersey, especially and to get used to first grade more so as well. Uh, he debuted at the back end of last season, and I thought he had some really good games. But you've got to remember this guy's a rookie. He's not going to continue to be amazing until he gets used to that side, until he gets used to um, first grade. So, yeah, he is having that little stint now in reserve grade, but I think he needs to come back eventually into that side, um, and that's when they're going to play their best footy. Um, but really good signs here from St. George, really good signs. I think Matthew Fagai is a really, really, really good player for them. I think over the past few weeks, while he's, he's been on the wing and in the centres, he can play both of those, and he plays them really well. And I think that he'll be a really good guy for them in the future, and I def- definitely think he'll be starting more consistently over the – Next few weeks. What are your thoughts on Matthew? Yeah, he's good. He, get, he gets in there. He gets it done. And, um, you know, again, I think the biggest thing for a winger and, and a centre and outside back is how, how well they carry the ball um, and transition the ball for their side from defence to attack. Mm. Um, so if he can – if he, I don't think he's there just yet. I think he's a good finisher. And we saw that on the weekend that he finished a couple, couple of tries. Um, but – you know, the next part of his game needs to be that, that transition from defence to attack. And if he's able to do that, then, you know, he'll definitely lock that side, um, that spot in the side very consistently um, week in, week out. Mm. I think they had a lot of momentum, the Dragons, and I think that's what won them in the game. If you yep. look at the possession count, 55% for the Dragons over the Knights, 45%. Um, compl- in terms of completion rates, 87% there for the Dragons, which is... Amazing, 87%, 36 out of 41 sets completed. 
compared to the Knights, 75%, 24 out of 32 sets completed. 87% completion rate from the Dragons is pretty damn good, and I think Anthony Griffin would be very, very happy with that. Yeah, you don't lose many games when you compete at 87%. Mm. Um, that's for sure. Um, you know, that's what you got to do. The, the aim of the game is to hold the footy, and if you hold the footy um, longer than your opposition, you, you'll go a long way to winning the game. Um, but before we move on, I just want to get your thoughts on, obviously, the incident with Lomax, oh. Frizzell, a lot of controversy. He got fined, mm. um, charged with contrary conduct. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think it is too. What oh, do you think about I it? I think it was a bit stupid from Lomax. I don't know if he had a brain blast or what. Um but, yeah, that was a bit strange. Uh, it was funny. Very, very funny. But, yeah, I think that Lomax did deserve that one. I think it's fair enough. Uh, I'm not sure as to how much he was fined, but, yeah. I think 1,500, I think. It was 1,500, yeah. I think that's fair enough. I think it was a bit stupid from him. And then the way he carried on after it as well. Um, I don't know, yeah, as I said, whether it was a brain, brain blast or what, but. I liked funny. Clemmer's response. I did like I did. I loved Clemmer's response. He stood up for his man. Yep. Um. Jeez, he scared me. I wouldn't want to come <laughs> up against Clemmer for sure. He's a scary bloke. The look that he gave Lomax then was scary. Definitely wouldn't want to come up against him in a football game. I'll tell you that for free. But um, to, to wrap up on, the, on this game, I think that the Dragons and the Knights, uh, they both had some pretty good games, and I think it's great signs for the Knights moving forward. If they can complete at a higher rate, then I think that it's even better signs, and I think Kalen Ponga can even have even better performances as well. So... Great stuff there from the Knights and the Dragons. The last game of the round, I commentated on this one, and it was a hectic game to watch. I was out of my seat the whole time, yelling into that phone. Um, but the Eels v the Tigers. The Tigers win 21-20. You'd be very happy with that, Hayden, I bet. Uh, the first win for the Tigers this season. What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, well, it was the ambush, ambush on Easter Monday. No, mm. one said, no one gave us a chance. Um, no one gave the Tigers a chance. Um, you know, a lot of the talk was Parramatta and by how many. Um, yeah. But uh, but this performance was was exactly what the club needed. Um, it's exactly what Brooks needed. It's exactly what um, Madge needed. It gives them time. Like it, it shows. I think. Look, it's not an overreact. We're not going to overreact. It's one win. It's mm. one game. At the end of the day, there's still one one and five. Mm. There's still one win. F- five losses but this performance showed that the that if they can put the consistent effort in if they can turn up week in week out there's a side there that can compete against the top sides because they were very very good um yesterday but they gave Parramatta opportunities to go and win the game Mm. you know they were they let the Tigers led all the way but Parramatta they were always there they never put Parramatta away and Parramatta were putting pressure putting pressure putting pressure but they came. the Tigers of old, when Parramatta would have scored that try with Neocore, mm. that would have been game over with 10 to go. They probably would have put a couple tries on. But mm. I don't know what happened. The composure to go. Jackson Hastings, uh, there's there's nothing. The rugby league doesn't love anything more than a comeback story, don't they? Mm. And he has now come back um, and he did it in um, when he first went to England He's uh, and at Salford. They were they were a basket case when he mm. first went there, and now and you know he just had the the ability to drag them out from from the dumps. He told them we're gonna we're gonna win a premiership. He didn't quite get it. He took them to a grand final, mm. but now he's he's come to the Tigers when there were op- other options available. 
and it's very similar. They're down in the dumps. He's gonna. He looks to, um, you know, take them on a on a journey, and um, he's definitely sold it to us Tigers fans. Mm. So, you know, um, he, he allowed Luke to play his best game of the year. I think Brooks was fantastic. Him mm. and Jackson worked incredibly well together. Jackson. When he gets onto the ball, at first receiver just gives Brooks more time, which then allows him to make a decision with the ball in hand. Um, you know, the middles were really good. Um, but, yeah, exactly what the club needed, exactly when it was needed. And one from f- one from six at the end of the day, you know, they're still 15th, but it's a positive performance and can give a bit of hope moving forward that maybe they're not going to be rooted at the bottom like many people were saying people were saying they wouldn't win a game all year but you know those those tigers um can't be kept down for too long no they definitely can't and god i was commentating the other night and we haven't talked touching this guy yet but he had an outstanding game i think i said alex twall's name a hundred times because he was consistently getting the ball in his hands he'd have one to two runs a set he was out he was just there when they needed him he had a huge stint in that foot in that game as well and he really played well 46 tackles and 160 meters his effort was fantastic and one of the reasons his quick play of the balls his tough runs his defense it's one of the reasons that the tigers did win this game and his effort it sort of went unnoticed obviously to the luke brooks performance and to the hastings performance but he played so well in this game alex wall oh he was fantastic and he wasn't the only one in that middle third of the field who was um, sensational. Um, Jimmy Tamo, I thought, was also mm. really, really good. Um, he had a 30-minute stint in the first half, which we haven't seen from him for a very long time. He's yep. usually a 20-minute man. And I said, I said as I was watching the game, I said, he's gassed, he's got to come off, he's gassed, he's got to come off. But mm. He just kept turning up, turning up, turning up, turning up. 12. It, it, it doesn't go unnoticed to us Tigers fans, mm. trust me. Like, I... I we, we talk about it every time, how good Alex Twal is for us. Mm. Um, and and he, he's, he gets that appreciation from us fans uh, because we know that he has that um, game in him and that effort. So, you know, an all-round team performance, an all-round effort performance, and it's got to say, where has this been all year? You know, Madge just said, I've got a side who can produce a performance like that. They've produced a performance like that. The biggest test is next week against South Sydney. Standing mm. up and doing. If they don't get the job done, bloody, they better put in the effort that they did on um, Monday, or we're just going to go. Well, what's what's the issue? What's mm. going on? I did like the move of Hastings to seven, and I thought it wasn't going to make too much of a difference. But you can see the difference that it made. Brooksy became this running six, and Hastings freed him up. Hastings freed him up massively in that game. Like Luke Brooks, he was he had more touches of the footy. Setting up tries, beautiful long ball and off a limber for his first try. That was unreal. He was sensational, Luke Brooks. I thought his effort in that game was first class. Nofaluma taking plenty of runs as well. Nofaluma in this game was fantastic, and he regularly stands up for the West Tigers, even when they aren't in good form. So what are your thoughts on Nofaluma? Uh, look, it was his actually longest um, try-scoring drought for the club. I think he scored one in 10. Mm. Um, so... It's good to see him get back to um, that try scoring form. He's obviously the highest try scorer in club history. Um, and, you know, he's got the tendency to run a bit um, sideways out of yardage. But uh, on Monday, he just got down and he got to work and mm. he went hard and straight and he, and he really wanted to um, get 
our sets off to a good start. Mm. And I think what what it is good, what's good, you know, in this review is that it's not just saying oh it was one player. Yeah, we've mentioned five, six, but we haven't even mentioned Dane Laurie yet. Yeah, and Dane Laurie was sensational. Mm. You know, um, that you know, tackle I, on Clint Gutherson. Oh my god! I, I honest, honestly, I could sit here and, and tell you each of those that 17 that were out there yesterday, mm. they all played their best game of the year and that's exactly what they had to do. Um, but as I said before, the biggest test now is next week, getting mm. that effort, getting that performance again. And if we can do a number on South Sydney, which we have the history of doing, um, obviously we played that classic last year and our recent record against South is actually pretty good. So if we can get the job done, do a number of them and maybe pull another upset out. Um, I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I don't... I, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but mm. based off that performance, yeah, they're a top side. Um, if, if they can reproduce that, because um, that's good enough to beat many teams in the competition. Yeah, but Look, I'm not going to judge them off one game. But 100, oh, no, yeah, I thought I thought they, in that game though they were unreal. The the Tigers and yeah, as you said, if they do pull up performances like that, then they can definitely work their way up the ladder. Um, we'll talk about the Eels now. I know you could talk about your Tigers all day, but we'll talk about the Eels. Will Penasini, he was unreal. He had the ball in his hands a number of times. His footwork, even that little kick when he was on the wing there, that little kick that he did was unreal. Um, Nearly set up Gutho for a try. Will Penasini over the past few weeks, I mean, he has to be a starting centre for them, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he's he's coming to first grade and he's playing really well. He was teammates with Suwali um, in in his rugby union days. Um, So... You know he's a, he's a very talented player, um, and, and he's got to start um, for sure. And he, you know, there were times yesterday where he got the ball, and you know, you sit on your the edge of your seat because mm. you just, you know, you can. He's got the potential to bust off, you know, five defenders and and score a try. So, um, you know, he's definitely got to be there. But touching on Parramatta, I thought they were they were disappointing. Mm. You know, sold out, um, packed out stadium, um, Easter Monday, uh, seventy five uh, celebration of his seventy five year club history. Mm. And to complete at 69%, um, you know, in that game, to have opportunities to win the game and not ice it, I thought they were disappointing. Um, but, yeah, like, Penasini, he, he played he played extremely well. And yeah. He's been playing good footy all year. Ryan Madison as well, 159 metres. He was heavily involved. He was, they put him in the middle at lock forward until Nathan Brown was sweet to come back on. Then he was playing in the front row and... I thought his efforts on the weekend were quite good as well. Ryan Madison, he's definitely starting to come back a bit into that form. I've noticed over the past few weeks, he's starting to be having more minutes in that side when he was even a doubt of leaving the club. And now he's come out and he's proved himself to the Parramatta Reels. Um, I thought he was outstanding in this game. Yeah, he's, he last last season he had he had a few head knock issues. So he's, he's slowly, you know, you've got to give those time to get back and to get the confidence to go and... Um, you know, really, really get into the game. Um, I think 13's his position. And personally, yeah, moving forward, I'd, I'd have him starting over over Nathan Brown. I think Nathan Brown can add something coming off the bench into, um, you know, into a front row type role. Just because Maddo, he's, he's got that background as a 5'8", and he can ball play. And everyone's talking about how, you know, you need a, you know, a 13 who can play play a bit. Brown can do that, but I think I think Madison can do it quite uh, a bit better. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you said that he he played thirteen. I thought he was good, um, mm. but 
yeah, I think eventually he should he should lock down that spot. For sure. Now, I just want to touch on the eel spine. Mitch Moses, Gutho, Dylan Brown, Reid Mahoney. What a performance from them. I know that they side didn't lose. It wasn't the best Parramatta performance, but they really stuck into that game. Yeah, look, I think when the game's on the line, we really judge the spine if they get the job done. They were confused. Mm. They were really confused when it was on the line. Um, Marnie wanted to take the, the field goal on tackle four. Moses pointed, I don't want to take it yet. They took it on five. He missed it. You know, they were just confused. Yeah, they mm. were good in the early patches of the game. And, you know, they. you look, Moses, um, Dylan Brown set up that try for Marnie. Marnie pushing through the middle third of the field. Gutherson, uh, Gutherson um, set up by Moses. Um, so, yeah, they were good, like, um, in, for the, I'd say the first 60 minutes. But when the game was on the line and they really needed to snatch, snatch it and win it, they, they were they weren't there. So that's the thing for me is that, um, yeah, they were good. But that next step, um, they've obviously had troubles with doing that in finals and now they're doing it in um, in round games. So they really need to work on that, their ability to stand up and yeah, really take the game and win it late. Yeah, well, it, it, they de- definitely need to play a bit better next week, Parramatta, and I think they're definitely ca- capable of doing that. I'm oh, sure yeah. that Moses, Brown... Gutho, they would, they'd want to turn this performance around, come in next week and play some really good footy. Um, we won't look at the possession because it was quite even, but uh, the completion rates, Parramatta, 69%, 30 out of 43 sets completed, 76% there for the West Tigers, 26 out of 34. So good performance there from the Tigers. Eels, they didn't really know what to do with the footy, as you said, in those dire moments. And the, the error count for the Eels was quite high. Um, but I'm sure they'll come in next week and, and definitely um, have a really good performance, and I'm really confident that they'll do that. Um, but there you go, the review. It's, it's always done. good to beat the Eels. It's always always good. good to beat the Eels. Mm. There you go, the review's done, guys. Round six review, really good round of footy. I want to thank Hayden for coming on. Thanks for having Ab- me. Absolute champion of a bloke and um, True Blue Sporting Podcast. Make sure, make sure you go follow him on Instagram at the True Blue Sporting Podcast. Also got a podcast on Spotify if you guys want to go follow him there. Um, but thank you for choosing Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Uh, anything you'd like to say before we finish off, True Blue? Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been good to come into the studio. Liking the things you're doing, so keep going, and um, you know, um, a great a great round of footy, and can't wait for the um, for the rest of it. Well, there you go, guys. Um, make sure you go and, as I said, follow him on the True Blue Sporting Podcast. Hayden, champion the bloke, and they're doing some great things starting out that page. Uh, but thank you for choosing Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend, and I'll see you guys in the next one.